everyone, and welcome to One Control Board Podcast, episode 296. I'm Benjamin Yoder, here today to talk to you about video games. We got today, Final Fantasy X Kabuki stuff, updates, not, not a lot to say about that, but updates, <laughs> um, some more, more service shutdown talk, uh, pretty exciting announcement, I think, as well, um, of the NAS, I think is the company, NAS Variety. And then uh, also some iOS talk, weirdly enough. Not not an Apple user myself, or at least not anymore. So, um, yeah, so so a pretty diverse show this week, uh, hopefully here. But uh, before we get too deep into the show real quick, I did want to just inform you guys, listen to the podcast of a change we made um, last week. So I was intending for this to be kind of a two-weeks thing, but it ended up only, like happening the same day that I announced it. Um, but basically I, I decided to cancel the weekly streams. Uh, the goal was to end it with Final Fantasy, uh, Chocobo Tales. And my thought at the time was that we had two more streams left for that, but, uh, no, we did not. We had one more stream left for that. And once I like got to the actual night of the stream, I realized, oh, so we're actually really close to the end of this game. So, um, unfortunately the weekly streams have already came to a close. However, that does not mean I will no longer be streaming, the point of this is to uh, hopefully mean in the future when I do stream, um, it's going to be more interesting, unique shows rather than, you know, me just playing a game all the time. Not that I'm saying, like, expect anything crazy, right? Um, but I want to have more flexibility in what I do with the shows. And I think that's been something I've been struggling with for a long time of, like, the weekly aspect of just playing a game is so so much easier to just kind of do and just, like, turn off your brain to do it kind of thing. Where if I try to do a weekly show that I like plan out every week, it becomes significantly harder to think what's interesting every week. And and, and like just playing a variety of games every week, I don't think is necessarily like a good approach either, honestly. And, I, and I've kind of like weirdly soured on kind of the like sampler version of streams. Um, I think because I've seen so many times where games, it's almost like the emulation problem people have back in the day where like. The people with sample games and a lot of them just get kind of tossed to the side because people aren't willing to commit to them because we're just like here just looking at for something for 30 minutes and I, and I think it's kind of a little sad because even though like I don't think per- the person playing necessarily is like making the intention of like oh I'll never play this again kind of thing um, but I think at times it can make people be like oh I saw 30 minutes of that and it wasn't interesting therefore it's not worth like looking at and playing and, and that's something that I've more recently I think kind of had had some thoughts over and like, even though it's like an entertaining stream, I don't necessarily know if I'm happy with the results of that stream. Right. So anyways, all that aside, just, that's just my random brain thoughts. But the, the reality is, is I wanted to do more, um, diverse streams and things like that. So, um, we're just going to be streaming basically as it makes sense going forward. Um, which, you know, I think that will be, uh, hopefully something that will be, you know, helpful for the people who are tuning into the streams, make it a little more exciting every time because it will be, you know, uh, individual things we'll be playing, um, at, you know, specific times of the year, or maybe we'll do variety streams and things like that, or we can do dojin streams more often. Um, but yeah, I think, I think it will in the end be exciting, but it's a little bittersweet to do. And we did our, um, (laughs) quote unquote, final casual review or community review. But honestly, I think we will do more community reviews in the future, just not for like big, long games, because I won't be just be streaming big, long games all the time. And there's other ways I want to try to experiment with like bringing other people's opinions on because I think that's something I would be more interested in doing, but trying to figure out how that works and how to guarantee that I have, you know, enough people participating that it makes sense to base, you know, if not a stream around, then a segment of a stream around is a whole other thing. It's It's a challenge. 
Um, so I got I got to figure that out. But um, for now, at least that is the plan. So uh, I I think I plan to do something around like Valentine's Day. So probably expect a stream around Valentine's Day, probably. Um, and then I also need to uh, do some stuff that will kind of roll into the uh, the Master of Fishing or King of Fishing series that we've been doing. I love the King of Fishing stream series, so I will continue to do that. But I have something that's kind of that will, I think will roll into that pretty well. So we'll do a little stream for that. Is, is that gonna be the most exciting stream? No, <laughs> but it's gonna be me just like basically basically playing through near to get to the fishing part, and then hopefully doing the the Master of Fishing stuff at the end. So it's not gonna be like you know crazy streams every time. It, sometimes it'll be me just kind of streaming when it makes sense for for something like that so uh the real answer is i need some near footage too but also near has a fishing mini game in it and i don't have a save file anymore so i need to get i need to get back to the uh to the fishing part of the game so we can do a king of fishing segment on near um at some point and then i probably because my other near save datas are also gone because of that franchise I'll probably also need to play those other Nier video games sometime in the near future. I don't know if I will stream every single one of those uh, Nier adventures that we go on, but at least the fishing part we'll, 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 we'll have on stream. So um, just as a heads up, my cat's having a little bit of fun behind me, so you might hear some some stuff about to happen. He just knocked down my my Xenoblade Chronicles 2 uh, Morag purse. One of my favorite perps, like I don't, uh, one of my favorites, it's the only purse I own. It's like a coin purse thing. Maybe maybe bigger than a coin purse, honestly. I don't know the like purse categories, but uh, I fell in love with it when I was in Japan and uh, and I bought it. So uh, you got a little moment there because he just is sitting there knocking stuff over. Anyways, catastrophe <laughs> aside, um, the other update real quick here I just want to say is I am working on that panel. If you didn't see last week, I did announce the uh, panel is going to be happening on... Uh, actually, I should pull the actual date up here. But while I do that... Um, I just want to say that the panel is basically going to be talking about, um, well, it, it, the topic was better appreciating and discussing video games, basically, is what the topic was. Uh, in hindsight, I think we're going to talk more about discussing video games over appreciating video games. So, but, you know, that's the, pl the problem of, like, trying to plan streams ahead or whatever. But, uh, yeah, so at Level Up Expo on February 19th at 12.45 p.m. in panel room 2, uh, that's Pacific time. Um, you know, if you're here to see it, then you will, you know, Pacific time you will be in. Uh, I'll be doing that that panel. So uh, if you are in Las Vegas and you are going to Level Up Expo, uh, I would I would be happy to see you there. Obviously, per usual, I will try my absolute best to make sure recording goes smoothly so I can upload it later. I plan to upload it to the uh, One Controller Port Plus uh, channel, so look forward to it there. I think that'll be where all the panels go up in the future, so that's where you can find that. Um, but, but yeah, so that's going to be coming up uh, in a couple weeks here. So I'm still working on that. It's, it's coming along. I'm, I'm still definitely in like the rough draft of the presentation phase, but I think the general outline is laid out. So I just got to kind of wrap it up here in the next week or so, and then start practicing it. Um, so I can be ready for uh Sunday, I believe it was a Sunday or Saturday. I, I already forgot. Is it Saturday? I almost always get thrown on Sunday. So uh, February 19th, I'm pretty sure it's a Sunday. Let me do double check. Yeah, it's a Sunday. So on Sunday per usual, but, but yeah. Um, anyways, updates aside, there's a video game announced that uh, I'm very excited for. Um, although I really don't know if I'll be able to play it just because it falls in that unfortunate category of RPG, a little genre that I can never find the time <laughs> to sit down and play. Um, Rhapsody Marl Kingdom Chronicles is coming to Switch, PS5, and PS4. 
Um, so if you don't know what this is, there's a game called Rhapsody, a musical adventure. Um, it came out on the PlayStation and they got a Nintendo DS port at some point as well. Um, and basically it was, uh, I think originally a strategy RPG on the PlayStation, but it became kind of like a DS RPG, um, um, for, uh, when it was ported to the Nintendo DS, but it was a musical RPG. And while it was not a particularly great video game, I will say, um, there's, I, I wrote an article, I'm pretty sure about Rhapsody and how I, I love the aesthetic and the story and the music of that game, but I just, I just have no feelings for the, the gameplay at all. And, and, and the challenges that came with that aspect. Um, but I love the game and I love the soundtrack. So really excited to see this because this is, as far as I'm aware, this is the only Rhapsody game that is uh, getting localized beyond the first one. So this is the first time we're getting this game localized. I think there's five games in the series. So um, that's really exciting. So it's going to be coming summer 2023. Um, and, you know, I don't know much about this game, um, but it seems like it, it is more of like a traditional RPG uh, closer to the DS port of Rhapsody as well. I don't know if that uh, the second game got a DS port in Japan or something like that. But, um, yeah, it's getting a full localization here in the West. I think it has voice acting as well. So um, that's pretty exciting. Um, I would love to try it. I just, again, like I said, RPGs are just something I have a really hard time getting around to. I might need to see kind of what the play time is for it first. And then if it's short enough, I might be able to, you know, make time to sit down and, and play it. But realistically, I think at this point, when I look at RPGs, anything that's going to be like 50 to 60 hours, I'm going to have to really, really, really want to get into um, if I'm going to make time for it. Um, so not only because of like, oh, I'm just really interested in this game, but things I feel committed to as well. You know, the Final Fantasy games, um, and the mainline Final Fantasy games, I should say, uh, any Monolith Soft stuff coming out, right? Um, I am struggling to get through Somabringer, a little peek behind the curtains. Somabringer, Monolith Soft's DS game. Um, you know, it's a fascinating game from DS's, like for Monolith Soft's history. Um, and, you know, for a DS action RPG, I think it's a reasonable video game. Um, but I'm having a really hard time finding a lot to love about that game from a video game perspective in the modern day, at least, um, personally. So, um, oh, I see. Oh, sorry. My cat is knocking around a, a string over there. I was trying to figure out what the string was. Cat time. This is a cat-tastic podcast this week. Um, so anyways, that's very cool. So one thing that actually caught me off guard, there is no PS4 version of this. Which is interesting because obviously being on the Nintendo Switch very easily could have been on the PS4, right? And it's a PS1 game that's getting remade kind of thing. So this is like a, you know, actual, um, oh, you know what? So it says PS5, Switch, and, uh, and PC. But looking at this, at least the copyright information on the trailer says PS4. So even though there's no, like, advertisement for the PS4 version... I think it might actually be coming to PS4. It like I was surprised if it didn't come to PS4 because of the like the fact that um you know the the like it, you'd be closing off a chunk of the market, right? When PlayStation 5 still not like super readily available. I mean, we're getting there, but you know, there's plenty of PS4s in active use out there. So let me see, can I figure out? Yeah, I don't know. I saw there's a PS4 um, thing in the copyright for the game, but it just says PS5 Switch and PC. So I don't know, but it'd be fascinating if it does switch. switch. It, it like, definitely seems like something that could be on PS4, no problem. So it, it'd be interesting to see a third party, like, like you know, forfeit a PS4 version because I don't really know why you'd want to do that, right? Um, other than obviously somewhere they they looked at a graph and said, "Oh, this isn't going to work out." Maybe maybe they expect that like 
The Switch version will be kind of the main seller on the lower end platforms. And in Japan, you know, Switch is much more of a, a commonplace thing. So maybe maybe part of it's driven by like Japanese market trends. And with the PS5, maybe more likely to get, you know, a larger um, investment from people who have a PS5 because they're looking for stuff to play on that platform, right? I don't know. But really interesting. Um, but it looks like in the copyright information, it says PS4, despite no website I'm seeing saying PS4 as an option there. So... I'll be curious to see if it shows up on PS4. Anyways, that's very cool. Very exciting. Um, there was a cool little development this week. Um, there's a Twitter user by the name uh, Hikari no Yume. I don't know what that means. Hikari, I think, is just like light no... I don't know what Yume is. Anyways, but but uh, I don't think they're Japanese. They are, <laughs> they're, they're I'm pretty sure uh, English speaking of, at the very least. Uh, but yeah, so they did something interesting this week where basically they went and... Uh, or not this week specifically, but they they talked about it and announced it and I think released it this week, is they uh, put out an emulator um, for iOS games. And if you don't know, so like I'm not going to be super, super accurate on this, I'm sure. But it sounds like basically um, what this person did was they went ahead and created an emulator um, for iOS games. And it sounds like maybe specifically... Um, it's built to support um, um, 32-bit games specifically, which if you don't know, uh, uh, a long time ago, I think in like 20, late 2010s, I think, uh, I think iOS shut down 32-bit uh, support for apps, which I won't get in the details of exactly what 32-bit is versus 64-bit, but basically a bunch of apps on the store got delisted because they're no longer compatible with the latest version of iOS um, for, for you know, uh, the, the modern devices kind of thing. So this person basically went and built an a emulator um, for it, which is very cool. You know, if you don't know, mobile game preservation in general has been very spotty at best, um, and uh, it can be kind of hard to set up things and playing them, from what I've heard at least. Um, so a lot of things cannot be played, or, or they don't have proper emulators built out for them, or they're, they're, they're janky emulators, and a lot of the games, I think, are not really, like, super easy to find they might still be out there somewhere on the internet like there might be like a, a package out there that includes the game but it, it's hard to know sometimes um but yeah so it just was like a, it's kind of nice post that kind of went through um you know their thought process of why they built the simulator in the first place and this feeling that like this they built it specifically for like super monkey ball or at least that was the 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 kind of initial uh push of why they built it and the, the game that they're demoing it on there which if you don't know there's like a ios version of super monkey ball that is very similar to the ds version if not a port maybe there's actually like touch detective got like a port as well i believe so i don't know how much ds ios crossover there was but there definitely was some stuff with like ghost trick and things like that but it seems like this is like a general ios emulator so you can basically use it for for any kind of uh, iOS game kind of thing. So um, I don't really know the current status of this thing and how it functions, but from the demo video they showed off, it looks pretty solid, um, which is really cool. And and I think the bigger thing out of everything is just, um, you know, seeing people who grew up with these kind of iOS games and things like that and really appreciated them, um, you know, take the time to put the effort into, to, you know, or they're old enough and, and have the skill set to take the time to put the effort in to kind of revive these games. And, um, you know, as somebody who lived through that time and was definitely one of those people, you know, when, when mobile games were launching in that era of just like not really paying attention to mobile games and kind of scoffing them off kind of thing. Um, you know, I, I think it's always really good to see 
a fan base, you know, kind of come into form and, and people who care about those video games, you know, finally show up in a way that it can really start to inform other people like me who are, who are not a part of that space and, and, and try to grow the appreciation um, um, for that stuff. So it definitely got me thinking about it. And, um, and I, I remembered that I just happened to have, you know, this is like old, like, oh, I just cracked out an old Game Boy thing because I watched like a video about Game Boy videos or something like that, right? But I happened to have a uh, iPhone 4 that was just hanging around in my house that I just held on to. And I was like, you know, it, it probably wouldn't be a terrible idea to, you know, at this point, I, I don't know what the current state of old iOS devices are and what they do, but, you know, to, to go and jailbreak it and then just uh, see if I can, like, load apps on there and things like that. Now, you all know me. I'm going to learn to do that, play one video game on there and be like, okay, it's set up in case I ever need this, and then it will rot in the corner of my room. Um, but I, I did get my iPhone out and just started kind of, like, doing some research on what that looks like. You know, can I get video out from iOS, which, thankfully, it looks like I can uh, without too much trouble. It's basically just like a modern phone where there's like a little dongle you can buy and get video out on it. So um, the bigger problem I, I have is I don't really know a lot of like the ROM resources and stuff out there really focus on game consoles and game portables. So having a mobile platform, like I don't really see these, these, these platforms I typically expect to have, you know, ROMs and ISOs and things like that. I don't really expect or see them having like mobile um, versions of the games. And obviously some of them are like, you know, uh, server-based games, so they don't work anymore and things like that. But some of them do work like that version of Monkey Ball without an internet connection, things like that. So, um, it, it's not saying, I'm not saying it's not out there that you can't find that stuff. I just not familiar with it. And it doesn't seem like it kind of connects with, you know, the more typical places I'd expect to find ROMs and ISOs and things like that. I could be wrong, though. Don't get me wrong. Like, if you're like, Ben, there's a place I can easily find those things. Here you go. Um, I did do a little archive.org digging. It seems like iOS ones are not called like APKs like on Android. They're called like IPAs or something like that. So it looks like there's some stuff on Android. That's where I found Touch Detective 1 plus 2 on there. Um, and I did see there's like some things that were like, oh, cracked versions and not cracked versions. So I don't know how that works and, and what that looks like and why you need a cracked version over a non-cracked version if it depends on if you've jailbroken your phone or not. A lot of research for me to do there still, and I don't have a lot of time to do that at the moment. So, uh, but baby steps of just trying to figure out if this is something I'm going to even do in the first place. I, I basically literally tonight cracked out that old iPhone and just started getting it charging. I had a hot Aconcagua background hanging out on that phone. So, um, and then like I, in general, there's probably pictures and stuff on that phone that I just kind of left on there that I probably should pull off and uh, and then get onto my um, um, computer as well, just to make sure I have those saved. If you don't know, my last phone, I spiked into a, um, into my desk or no, my Kotatsu. I can't remember exactly where I spiked it, but I spiked it on accident and broke the screen. And then basically because the screen's broken, nothing is accessible because I don't have developer mode turned on. So I can't access stuff via USB. So it was a whole thing. Um, so it would be good for me to get stuff off that phone anyways kind of thing. But it is very cool to see this stuff kind of crop up in a way that people are starting to appreciate it more directly. And and I did look around a little bit and I saw last year or two, it seems like people are kind of like, hey guys, I love these old iOS games and things like that. So, you know, and we're, we're about at that time, if, if anything, maybe a little overdue for that kind of stuff, right? I feel like late 2008 was when this kind of stuff started to kind of take off. 
um, and, and more, you know, I feel like I feel like that's when smartphones really started to get out in main main consumer hands it was like 2008, 2010 kind of thing. I think I got my iPhone four pretty late. Um, I believe it was like 2012. I, I, by the time I got an iPhone four, it was like already pretty ancient. So um, but yeah, I mean, obviously, I don't think an iPhone four is gonna be the best device specifically. But you know, it's what I have on hand and what I was pretty reasonable to use at the moment kind of thing. So so hopefully it, uh, if I, if it won't be too much trouble and if it's too much trouble, I'm sure I'll probably never set it up, but, uh, it, it's good to see the appreciation for that stuff. And it did, did definitely make me think of like, oh, I probably should go back and like, you know, try to find some things that I, I had some interest in looking at and never did. Like, you know, when we were playing cheer, we go, I mentioned the fact that cheer, we go on iOS, you know, looks like a different video game. Look, your rival is in the graveyard. And in the DS video game, she's never in the graveyard. Two different video games. Um, anyways, but um, so but I couldn't find the Cheerio Go IPA um for it. If that's what it's called, I think it was IPA. But um, I couldn't find the Cheerio Go one from the brief sh- searching I did. So if you got if you got yourself a Cheerio Go underground Cheerio Go for iOS, baby, I'm looking for it. So <laughs> deliver it to me. Um, but yeah, I need to just do some more research in general. But still, very cool. I think it's always great to see you know people who who really appreciated these games come up and start having a voice and and start being able to say hey guys here's this stuff especially like a, a market like mobile where people would laugh you out the door right um if this were 10 years ago right not, not that people didn't appreciate mobile games per se but um you know a large segment on the market market would just say, laugh and say mobile i would laugh and say mobile many of my friends would laugh and say mobile and i think today we don't really have that anymore with mobile specifically i think with live service games we do have that right now and the unfortunate thing with live service games is that they die you know and then they're just gone right which i mean true is a lot true for a lot of video games now anyways but um but yeah i i'm really happy to see this audience you know kind of come back and say hey I love Super Monkey Ball Touch or whatever it's called on iOS and, and uh, really, really express themselves and, 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 and do good work with that stuff. So um, and, and spark spark people to look back at those systems. Um, so uh, glad I still have my iPhone 4, I guess. We'll see if I can get that thing actually working. I'll give you some updates once it happens if I do. So, so yeah. Um, speaking of shutdowns, though, and, and marketplaces and things like that, um, Microsoft actually kind of did a weird little thing this week. So, if you don't know, there's like, I think, 30 games that are getting delisted from Xbox 360. I don't remember what's in there exactly. Daytona USA was the big one, but as, as far as I'm aware, Daytona USA is still purchasable on PS3, but obviously the PlayStation Store is not going to last forever when it comes to PS3 and PS Vita. They already tried to shut them down. Um, so I don't know when they extended to, I need to double check on that. It's been long enough that I wouldn't be surprised if in the relatively near future, we start hearing about PS3 shutdown, um, at, at the very least. Um, but anyways, so an interesting thing though, was that people were on the website and in the website for this page, you could find like a search for like another topic or maybe it was the same topic, but it had different like metadata on it or something like that. And it mentioned that in May, 2023, the Xbox 360 marketplace would be shutting down. Now, Microsoft has since said that was a post in error. And I don't know if they said per se that it is not shutting down in 2023, but they were saying that it was not something that was intended to be seen at this time at the very least. Um, so, uh, but you know, May, 2023 is pretty dang close. So if they were going to announce it, it'd be probably pretty soon. Um, anyways, but, uh, but just a heads up on that. It looks like we're on borrowed time with the 360s marketplace as well. Worth mentioning anything you can purchase on Xbox one and beyond, 
um, for that stuff is still around. Day- uh, anything with backwards compatibility that was done, but like Daytona, I don't believe has backwards compatibility done and things like that too. Jet Set Radio, I don't think it was either. Weirdly enough, a lot of Sega stuff didn't end up on backwards compat, and I'm not sure what the issue was with that. It's it's very strange, especially since like early on in the Xbox um um series you know you had a little bit of buddy buddy time with microsoft and 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 uh sega with uh fancy star but yeah i don't know anyways that is something to keep in mind i need to probably look into hacking my xbox 360 sometime in the near future uh because yeah i mean it's pretty rare i'm finding anybody to play xbox 360 or ps3 games online with me at this point too so you know, and I don't know what the, 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 the ethics is behind or like like how Microsoft or Sony cares about hacking those systems at this point if they ban you, anything like that. So um, but, you know, PS3 and 360 are looking like systems that just need to be hacked at this point um, or at least in the near future. It would be a good idea to do that um, just to kind of prep prep for the end times <laughs> when, when all that stuff shuts down. Cause I think we're getting close. You know, I think it's, we got a couple more years at best, um, in my opinion, at least so. It's time. Welcome to the Jillian's Corner. Thank you, Jillian, for supporting me as always and providing questions. You can also support me on Coffee if you want. This is not an official Coffee Corner still, but while I'm talking about Jillian supporting me, Coffee is a place where you can support me if you give me money. I currently have a goal up there where you can help me make videos quicker. If we reach that goal, I will spend an entire working day working on a video like the Babylon's Fall video that I'm working on. If you're interested in that, it would be a help to me. Um, so yeah, anyways, but that's not related to this corner or anything like that. Jillian's just got questions for us. Um, and Jillian has the question of what are your gaming crossover dreams? Now I had a literal dream once that was kind of a gaming crossover, depends on how you look at it. So I had a dream where I was at E3 and any crates or, or specifically Matt Papa was on stage for many creates and he was announcing two video games. Neither of these are crossovers, don't get me wrong. Like, but, but like this is just any craze did not make these video games, so in my mind it's a company crossover, I guess. Um, they announced Blueport J for the GameCube, which if you don't know, Blueport J is a Dojin game. So they announced Blueport J for the GameCube. You know, like, this is years after the GameCube was relevant, so I don't know why this was happening in my dream, but you know, dreams. And they also announced Blood Knights 2, which Blood Knights is a PlayStation 3, and I think maybe 360, like top-down. I guess Diablo-like game that was not particularly good, um, but for some reason I kind of fell in love with Blood Knights. Like I don't know, fell in love with the right word. I appreciate that Blood Knights exists, um, and uh, yeah, I had a dream that they announced Blood Knights too. And there you go, that was official official company crossover dream. Any creates has nothing to do with either of those games. Any creates I don't believe ever made anything for GameCube either. So. <laughs> I could be wrong about that one, actually, uh, but but yeah, so there's my my actual dream, but actual crossovers, you know, I, was, I had a hard time thinking about this because it, I feel like kind of the crossover magic is somewhat like gone from games. Maybe it's just like the fact that so hmm, I think there's two things about this. One is obviously, you know, the more you see something, the more, the less interesting it is, right? So, like, I really was excited about live 2D for a long time, you know, that whole thing where, you know, characters animate without having to draw new frames, per se, and things like that. But now that live 2D is kind of everywhere in mobile games and VTubers, things like that, I kind of don't care. I don't really look at live 2D anymore. So, um, I feel like... In, it, we, I, at least, have been desensitized to characters showing up in other games. Like, you know, 
Fortnite has like every property in it, basically, right? Every major property in it. And like at this point, who cares? Anyone can be in Fortnite, whatever. And I feel like that's true for a lot of things, right? You have like King of Fighter games, like John Cena in it and things like that, right? Which, you know, is stupid and great. I'm glad they did that. But I, I feel like there's not that many things at this point that you can tell me, here's a crossover and I would be like ecstatic for, unfortunately. And um, But I think another part of this beyond the overexposure is I feel like the crossovers that we get a lot of times don't have any real impact on the video game most of the time. It usually is just kind of a um, aesthetic thing. And, and I feel like I would want um, something that has a little bit more depth to its crossover, mixing of ideas, mixing of concepts, mixing of game mechanics, things like that. Um, is part of the reason why I wanted to play Phoenix Wright, um, the Ace Attorney at some point, but never actually did. Cause you know, as much as I like those games individually, I thought it'd be kind of fun to see what it would be like, you know, mixing those two games together. Right. Um, I, I thought it'd be an interesting idea, but I went through my collection of games and like nothing off the top of my head jumped out at me and was like, I really want to see these two games mixed at least like, you know, direct franchises mixed in any way, really. Um, I guess make a Sonic the Hedgehog Quake game. I don't know. <laughs> like <laughs> speed. Those, those games are both out speed, right? So I guess give Sonic a gun and go first person. I don't know. <laughs> but um, I couldn't really think of anything that like really inspired me. So I don't know if I have any dream gaming crossovers. But definitely put Ricky Winterborn in, uh, in uh, Mario Kart. The next Mario Kart, we need Ricky Winterborn in there. <laughs> I want that. Give him to me. Uh, put the, the 1080 Avalanche version of him in there. Um, that the, like the, the bad boy skater boy, Ricky Winterborn, um, and, and still have uncle Russ though. Uncle Russ, they're, they're one Ricky Winterborn, uncle Russ, the deep lore, they're attached to each other. So if you bring Ricky Winterborn into anything, you better have uncle Russ with them. So it's <laughs> like a very specific, stupid joke for very specific people who have heard me talk about uncle Russ before. <laughs> Um, anyways, I won't explain that. Please enjoy that. Thank you again, Jillian, for the question. Um, hopefully, you know, even though I didn't really have any dream ones, uh, my, my, my discussion about the, uh, what I think is kind of the mechanics of the crossover games today makes up for that. I feel like I feel the same way about holiday events as well. We're like, I feel like holiday events, we see so many of them, a lot of them have kind of lost their, their luster in a lot of ways. And, and I don't feel like they're often meaningfully implemented in ways that I that I, I I appreciate as much as I used to, but there's tons tons more holiday stuff happening today. So you know, and you know, if you're if you're dedicated to a live game, that's always exciting to see the world change, right? That is what live games are in some ways about, right? The, the ongoing changing of a game that you love, and it just you're constantly getting new content pumped into you and things like that, right? Pumped India, they pumped that Christmas India, buddy. <laughs> so so yeah, my my news stories are completely out of like order this week, but you're just gonna live with that. I think I. I think I had an idea and I moved some stuff around and I broke some of these orders. So um, I think this was supposed to be around the time we were talking about uh, the Xbox 360 store shutting down, but another game is shutting down. More live service games are shutting down. Crime site, Konami's, uh, I don't know. I always call it kind of like anime clue. I don't know if that's actually accurate, but it's their like kind of murder mystery game featuring a bunch of anime characters, anime Sherlock Holmes and anime. I forget the other guy, Dracula looking dude. Um, they're shutting that game down. It lost a couple years ago, I think at this point, or maybe a year ago. I don't remember how long it's been, but they're shutting that game down in May. So you got a little bit long, longer left to play that. Um, but it looked pretty neat. Um, but it is yeah, a shame that it was, um, you know, uh, uh, 
set up in a way that you can't really use it without online, but it was a multiplayer focused video game. So PVP focused video game. So that's shutting down uh, May 1st. I think you can buy it until the end of February though. So if you do want to get in on it, I think you can still get in on it. Uh, it is getting review bombed right now. It has a, a severely negative uh, review on Steam. Um, but if you look at the overall reviews of that game, it has been, I think, set to mostly positive is what it was. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I might I might give that game a look before it shuts down. I think it would be good for me, too, at some point. But, but yeah. It's Kabuki time, buddy. You know, I was thinking about Kengo recently. Talking about Genki. Developers of Kabuki Warriors. I was looking at Kengo. And I was like, oh, man, I desperately. Kengo as a series just seems cool. Samurai game on PS2. Bushido Blade developers, um, it looks super budget, and it probably is going to be a, a rocky experience. I think Bushido Blade 1's a rocky experience, as is, um, but I really am excited to play Kengo. But Kengo is unrelated to what I'm about to talk about, other than the fact Genki made Kabuki Warriors. Final Fantasy X Kabuki, talked about this a couple weeks ago. I think Tokyo Game Show was the last time we talked about this. And uh, this is a, a Kabuki Show a adaptation of Final Fantasy X, and uh, they put out a trailer this week. I was a little disappointed by the trailer because I saw it, and I was just like, the the they just kind of showed Yuna doing her little like spirit dance on the water. I don't know. I don't remember the Final Fantasy X story very well, to be honest with you. Um, but they're showing that little dance on the water thing, and like it was kind of from afar and dark, and it just kind of looked like Yuna just kind of looked like Yuna, and I was kind of hoping for like more Kabuki style adaptations of Final Fantasy X characters. Um, but they did actually put out a picture of the whole cast this week with their Kabuki attire on. And, you know, it's an interesting kind of midpoint, I feel like. I, now, I have not watched Kabuki shows, really. I don't know what the standard are for Kabuki shows. But most Kabuki shows I've seen are, are very kind of flamboyant with the outfits and over the top and large and, like, you know, a lot of face paint and things like that. Um, and, and in the case of Final Fantasy X Kabuki, it feels like they kind of went halfway between Kabuki and Final Fantasy X designs. And so you don't get that like kind of big bombastic feel from these character outfits. But you, it is very like, it is very much like Final Fantasy X characters, the Kabuki elements applied to them, which I think is kind of interesting actually. Um, so I don't know how that will read because I feel like the, you know, as somebody who has not watched Kabuki, uh, really reiterate that. I don't know what I'm talking about. But as somebody who um, um, who has enjoyed play shows or stage plays before in the past, I feel like bombastic, you know, movements and things like that are a big part of those to make sure everybody in the crowd can see, right? I don't know if that's actually why, but that was my interpretation. It's why you have really, you know, over-the-top voice acting, and that's why I like, like Final Fantasy XIV 1.0's voice acting and some Castlevania voice acting, because that replicates that style of, like, that 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 type of voice acting, I feel like, or the... Uh, play show actor stuff i don't know words coming out of my mouth right now um so but like kabuki it's like a visually bombastic show as well so seeing it a little more toned down is kind of interesting and so i wonder if it'll be harder to kind of read you know facial expressions and things like that like a typical kabuki show it might be easier to do when you're in the actual audience right um but yeah i'm still trying to see if maybe i can make it out to japan for that i was eyeing up april maybe that was my, my Japan time I was thinking about. So we'll see. We'll see if that happens. Um, I wasn't really planning on April. I was kind of planning late March. I don't know. I guess I like I was planning around this time, but I didn't really think about think about what that meant about coming out to Japan at that time. But it seems like it's kind of like during the cherry blossom season and things like that, too. So 
there's definitely, I'm sure, things to do in Japan uh, around that time. But I might try to get in there at the last couple of weeks there, last week, and uh, and get in on that Kabuki show. But it is pretty pricey. It's like 140 bucks, I think, for the or 50 bucks for the normal seats. I think it's like technically closer to like 200 bucks if you had to use the old conversion rate. Um, and it's like a two-part show, and I think like the sh- part one starts at like 11. And then I think part two starts at like 5.30. So like it'll probably be like a all half the day kind of thing. I don't really know where it's taking place either. So I have to figure out like what's going on around there. And I don't know how long I want to be in Tokyo for either if I go to Japan and where else will I go. There's a lot of thoughts I have and planning I might do. Um, but if I can make it out there for the Kabuki show, I will probably do that. And I will give you my, my thoughts and impressions. I don't know if I should like do like any kind of like audio like logs while I'm in Japan or something. I don't know. I don't know how exciting that is because I'm just going to be doing normal stuff, right? Um, So I don't really have a lot of big goals in going to Japan again either. So it's not like I'm going to Comic-Cat. So I don't know. We'll see. I'll I'll have to think think through that stuff. But uh, if I'm going in April, I got to figure that stuff out pretty dang quick. So um, we'll see though. Anyways, um... Final Fantasy X Kabuki, we, now we're transitioning over to Square Enix uh, uh, stuff. Some more Square Enix stuff. Well, I mean, Final Fantasy X is Square Enix stuff. So there we go. That's the connection there. Um, no segues this week, apparently. <laughs> um, I did. So we haven't talked about video game financials in a long time, I feel like, or at least not in depth or anything like that. Um, but I thought, given the fact that we've been talking a lot about Square Enix live games recently and Square Enix, you know, um, uh, mobile games and things like that, and the fate of those games, it would be interesting to talk a little bit about the financials that they recently put out. Um, basically, there's kind of three major things that we would w- w- pull away from it. Um, one is that uh, they saw in the in the home business space that they saw a drop in revenue and things like that, which, you know, I think I think uh, the, the last year's lineup just wasn't as strong as the years before, really, kind of thing with that. So I don't really have any strong thoughts on that kind of thing. Um, but the bigger thing was is, you know, for our discussion here, is that they did report that they saw weak performance in smart device and PC browser games. And I would say I would agree. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, everyone wants to, you know, crap on Square Enix for shutting down individual games within certain periods of time, right? Um, but, you know, one thing I can say that was different in the last year that, uh, you know, it was not necessarily the case for previous years when Square Enix has done this shotgun blast approach to putting live games out, service based games out, and things like that is, um, you know, I don't, I feel like nothing in the last year stuck, which, I think that's pretty rare that Square Enix has a year when nothing sticks. Now, I'm not saying for sure that I know of everything that launched and that nothing absolutely stuck, but, you know, at the very least, they're reporting that they did not have as much success in that space as they were hoping for, and and so their revenue's down. I think Final Fantasy XIV might also be included in that kind of space. I'm trying to remember. I don't think it should be, but... If it was wrapped in, it sounds like basically based off the reading I saw is that Final Fantasy XIV had an actual expansion launch the year before where this year it didn't, so the revenue was down from that. But I, I think that's probably separate from the smart device slash PC browser games segment. But I, I was looking on 4Gamer, and I think they, you know, through machine translation, it got kind of mixed into that particular conversation. So I don't know if that actually was like related to that kind of thing. But but yeah, it seems like they they kind of you know failed to to deliver on uh, on their iOS or yeah uh, mobile uh, uh, games and things like that. 
However, we did talk a little bit last week about how even though the fact that their Dragon Quest um, uh, mobile game was shutting down, their Dragon Quest arcade game seemed to be going strong. It was actually expanding. I believe the expansion they were doing was in, uh, um, what's it called? Uh, what's it called? Field testing or something like that? Or I forget what it's called. Location test testing um, based off the, the website that I was looking at. Um, and they mentioned that their, their amusement sector is actually up, um, that they, they saw an increase in their kind of like arcade division and things like that. So I don't really know what Skrank put out last year, honestly. Um, so I don't really know where that success is coming from. These, these reports don't really have a ton of detail in them usually, at least the surface level reports that get delivered to like their, you know, financial pages and things like that. Um, but, uh, yeah, so they actually saw like an uptick in arcade support. So that's kind of interesting. And actually, um, uh, I was just in the discord not too long ago and Joshua linked, um, Bandai Namco is actually moving into that old Sega Gigo, um, arcade building that got, uh, uh, they left in, uh, in, uh, Akihabara. So I'm curious if other companies are seeing more success in kind of the arcade space, Versus uh, companies like Sega. Um, there's also a really good. If you don't know Zuvi's Game Room, she had a good article that she read. She she she's I believe born in Japan, and um and 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 can read Japanese fluently because she's bilingual basically. And she has some really good videos that she basically uh, goes through Japanese um, articles and and comment sections and reviews and things like that and just kind of says what you know is being said in those things and one of the things that she did was uh she talked about the japanese arcade uh operator space and the complaints they had and apparently they're having a really big struggle right now due to energy prices and that's causing game prices to go up and things like that um for for them in the actual local arcades and things like that for smaller arcade operators and things like that so Anyways, it's interesting to, to see that stuff. But the bigger thing I just wanted to kind of talk about was the fact that the smartphone device um, uh, game sec- segment was was actually down. And, and you know, reality is I think in the last year there has not been a ton of success from uh, Square Enix in that space. And live game space in general, I feel like, personally. Um, outside of, you know, obviously they're, they're already currently ongoing thing. Final Fantasy 14. Schoolgirl Strikers 2 still going strong. You cannot kill Schoolgirl Strikers 2. I don't know how long that game's been around for, but it keeps on chugging. So, so uh, yeah. Speaking of Square Enix mobile games, our last news story is not a news story. It is a news story about me. Guess who got in the, the, the Dragon Quest Champions beta? Woo-woo! So by the time you're hearing this, hopefully I've already played one match. But I am recording this on a Friday. The beta doesn't start till Sunday night. So hopefully I'll be a part of that. I believe there's an NDA on the beta though, so I don't think I can say too much about it. Um, I think I will talk about it in the podcast. I doubt they're going to come take down the podcast. Um, but but uh, in terms of like posting videos and screenshots and things like that, that's probably not going to happen. So um, anyways, I, I will be recording gameplay as long as that make I can make that work. I got to test it out because actually how I played the first soldier and recorded that gameplay was different because I was using a a mode called the Dex mode on Samsung uh, devices. And that actually blanks out the screen when you do that, which is not a problem if you're using a gamepad like I was with Final Fantasy VII, the first soldier. But Dragon Quest Champions, I'm pretty sure, does not feature gamepad support. So I need a way for that thing to, you know, be displayed on my phone so I can interact with it directly there and also through the capture card or get it to the capture card. I 
from what I saw, it does not seem like it's a hard thing to do. If anything, it seems like it's maybe an easier thing to do than the dex mode, but it's just different than what I'm used to doing. So I just gotta do a little research, you know, maybe tweak some settings on my phone. You know, first soldier's gone. So, you know, not having the dex mode active is fine if I have to turn that off. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, I'll try to get that stuff recorded. And um, I don't know when I'll release that stuff, maybe in the future at some point. I don't know what would be like a safe distance to put out beta gameplay and things like that. Uh, I'd imagine the gameplay is going to be pretty close to final, but we'll see. Yeah, it'll be stored on my local hard drive for a little bit. And hopefully my drive doesn't die. <laughs> and uh, I also have an APK that I, I got from them too. And I, I'm holding on to that, that APK. I think it's like version 0.9 right now. Um, so that is also on my, my drive at the moment. So um, we'll see the, the problem with that stuff is I think your user information does get baked in. So if I do distribute it right now, good chance I'd probably end up getting banned. So, um, anyways, that's that. That's it for this week. A little bit of a, a janky, janky news week, but, uh, I think I'm pretty happy with what we talked about here. Having a good time. Um, I am just as a heads up, I am giving thought to maybe switching to a every other week podcast. Um, I am not going to do that this week though, at the very least, because, um, I feel like cutting the stream was already a big thing at the moment. And when I look at the podcast and like how I'm handling it at the moment, there's some changes I might want to try to make. And I might just stay quiet about the changes and just, you know, let things move without, you know, giving you guys too much information. Cause it's always a lot of, I don't want to like jump back and forth between different ideas and just probably just execute and see what works and just leave it at that. Um, but if I do reduce the episodes down to every other week, I'll let you know. That will be that will give you at least I'll tell you on the podcast that it happens at the very least. Um, um, but uh, but yeah, so just as a heads up, that is a possibility. But you know, one one step at a time. Stream thing was the bigger thing, I think. And 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 again, streaming is not done, but just the weekly streaming is done for now. So, anyways. Um, you guys will hear back from me next week though. Um, I do got to figure out what to do because the convention weekend when I do the panel, I will not be able to record a podcast that weekend probably. I'll have to double check. Maybe I can record one that weekend. I'll have to see how things work out. Um, but, uh, but I might do a little bit of an early recording, not, not next week, but the week after might be a, a little bit of an early recording. So I'll have to see, you know, what shows up in the news and things like that. So Anyways, I hope you guys have a great week. Panel's going to be coming up here in a few weeks, and hopefully I'll get it up to you guys online, you know, by the end of February, early March maybe, and then I can start diving into Babylon's Fall, hopefully right after that. Again, if you want to help me get moving on that Babylon Fall video sooner, please do donate to me on Kofi. Um, that, that was a big help. Um, and we can, uh, we can get that video knocked out, and we can move on to the next video. More videos more videos <laughs> anyways that is all thank you guys for coming whatshowworld.com is the website and i hope you have a great week bye